And welcome to Spooks, your podcast platform, your podcast of choice, where you can read about books, where you can find out things you never found out before. You know, we've had a list of very interesting people in Spooks so far, and none more interesting than my guest today, who is none other than Hugh Andrew of Berlin Publishing. Hugh Andrew, the MD. Hugh, how are you? I'm very well indeed, Denzel. Thank you very much indeed. And I trust you're keeping well yourself. I'm doing not too badly, only under the strain. As we, as we all know, it's a difficult time for us all. Indeed. Uh, uh, first of all, I, might, I w- wish you a happy birthday. Thank you very much, Denzel. I'm just not sure what I'm going to be doing today, but I think I'll probably stay in and uh, make myself dinner. Um, <laughs> There's not much to... Ch- <laughs> There's no way of celebrating your birthday. It just... Just get a good bottle of whiskey down you and you'll be laughing. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a, did the Queen send the telegram, by the way? Uh, no, I'm afraid it's not arrived. The post around here is shot to pieces, so I'm sure it'll come in the next day or two. I'm sure it will. She's a very she's a very generous lady. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you've had a very interesting career. You began, I believe, um, in book sales. Um, can you tell us how you get from there to being the owner of a publishing house? Well, I began, actually began um, managing a couple of bookshops, one of them in Paisley, um, and I left that, well, rather the shop closed and I was made redundant, and I began as a freelance rep, and Scottish publishing was a very different beast then, and uh, sales representation was at a premium, and I thought, well, let's... um, act as a sales representative and see how I get on with that. And I was given a very lucky break by Edinburgh University Press, who took me on to cover Scotland, and it proved very successful. But as in the ground shops in Scotland, uh, people kept saying, why is this book not in print? Why is that book not in print? And I thought, well, um, I don't know why not. And eventually, to cut a long story short, I decided to start publishing myself in a small way. And I published four books in 1992. This is a job um, for me, you thought. And we, we now have about just under a thousand books in print and uh, a huge backlist, uh, so it's been a long journey. Yeah, and and you, you come, you're one of the biggest independent publishers in the UK, uh, but you pride yourself that you have a very Scottish slant uh, through the Berlin titles, right through Polygon, John Donald, into your arena sports um, yeah. line. Uh, is that something that that's very important to you? Well, I think you can make a false uh, a, a false division between Scotland and the rest of the UK. I like to say I publish good books that tend to come from Scotland, and uh, that's the way I look at it. And uh, you can have beautiful nature writing about any part of the United Kingdom. You can have crime fiction uh, about any part of the United Kingdom. We tend to specialise in people who either come from Scotland, write about Scotland, have a Scottish connection, by no means exclusively, um, but it's, uh, it is a tendency. I have a, a, a great passion for Argyll and uh, the West Coast, and that's something that's come through very strongly in, in the list, and that, of course, is where we met at the Colin Drive Hotel we, some years back. We did. Now, for those of you listeners who don't know, Hugh appeared on the metaphorical white charger 
to rescue Jim Daly from a fate worse than death. The real hero of these books is the gentleman we're talking to at the moment because otherwise there would have been no more. Um, yes, we met the Colin Tribe Hotel. It's nearly, I think it's seven years ago now, Hugh, would you believe? I know, it's a shocker, isn't it? Uh, and in that time, um, I'm glad to say that Daly's becoming a bit of a, a phenomena as far as I'm concerned and, and um, I'm delighted you took the plunge that day over, over a, a nice dish of pasta, I remember. And a, a girl's very port, important to you. You 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 go there a lot. I know you spend yep. time in Mull. Um, what what attracts you most about Argyle? Uh, I think it's uh, it's got a very strong sense of place. It's got a very vibrant community. There's still a, a, a lot of um, can-do attitude. Um, I think sometimes in cities, people always wait for somebody else to do something. Yeah. Um, in the country, in the highlands, um, you just go and do it yourself. Um, I uh, obviously I love the scenery, the outdoors, the history. Um, and also had very strong family connections with the Colin Tribe Hotel. Was, uh, my parents had a house in Colin Tribe um, since 1969, so I very strong roots there, although um, I spent much of my life in Paisley. Um, it's um, uh, it's, Colin Tri- it's Colin Tribe and Argyle where I feel my real roots lie. Um, so, um, difficult to say really, you know, you've got a very strong passion for um, Kintyre and Campbellton and so on, and um, it's just something that's in you. Yeah, I think I think that does come come across. I mean, there's no doubt for me that Campbelltown is home, and I think for Campbelltonians, not just in in the case of um, people that live there, but but if you ask somebody where they live, whether it's Los Angeles or or Moscow or Budapest, they uh, if they're from Campbelltown, they'll not say those cities that even though they live there, they'll say Campbelltown if they're from Campbelltown, and that's that's a strange a strange thing about much of our girl. I think I think that's that can be said about. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, there's an old saying in Campbelltown, your base, braces are tied to the cross. <laughs> <laughs> Which means that as, you'll get far far enough away and then all of a sudden you'll spring back, clearly. Spring back, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, so the develop, development of Berlin is, it, it began with with you and uh, uh, two or three friends or two or three colleagues, is no, that correct? myself, really. There was nobody and uh, obviously I knew people who could do production and do design and it was just myself and um, run out the back room in my flat where uh, we ran the business from and um, it, it, didn't, it grew slowly and steadily until um, about 2000 when Edinburgh University Press sold off Polygon and uh, um, I bought it at that time and uh, that's when Sandy McCall Smith began to make his um, breakthrough and of course Polygon was Sandy's publisher um, so we, we struck very lucky there and um, yes. Sandy's, you know, stayed with us since, and it's, um, you know, it's all worked well. Yeah, uh, it's quite interesting. Polygon is an interesting history uh, in that one of its founder members was former Prime Minister Gordon Brown. I think I'm right in saying that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you took it to you. Ha- you have the Berlin side of the business, which is more, I would say, uh, literary fiction, hi- history, historical works. Um, it's, it's mainly non-fiction we do a little bit of fiction in it as well but mainly non-fiction um, and that's quite strongly Scottish though a very good drinks list um, we have a sports imprint called Arena Polygon is fiction poetry and um, well that's mainly uh, uh, 
now, since we took it over, it's now really a very substantial part of the business. Yeah, I mean, you 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 publish Stuart Cos- Cosgrove's uh, music books, amongst many others. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, is it Tom Doyle? Tom Doyle, yeah. Tom yep. Doyle and, yep. and, and others. And I read the, your latest, one of your books about the, the end of the Beatles. Uh, yeah, Kevin Nag's book, which is, was not, if you're a Beatles fan, ladies and gentlemen, spooks listeners out there in your thousands, uh, I, I, I commend it to you. It's a wonderful insight into something that you don't really read about in, uh, about the Beatles. It's the, the sort of breakdown of, of the, the band and... and I learned. I, I prided myself in being a bit of a Beatles expert until I read that book, and there's lots of things that I didn't know or hadn't hadn't realised. Uh, and uh, Stuart's books themselves, uh, what wonderful social history, as well as being about the the soul music scene in the in the states in the late sixties. Well, his his passion for the subjects um, remarkable, and um, that's the one thing I would always say to any author: if you don't have the passion for what you're writing about. Yeah, I think for me, when I was, all these years ago, when I was thinking about Jim Daly, I was kind of disabled, not disabled, I was on off my feet with with illness, and for the first time in a long time, I had nothing to do. Uh, and the, the apocryphal um, thing that you write what you know, so I thought, I'll pace it in Kintyre, and I'll write about the police, and so it seemed to do not badly. <laughs> We're all quite happy, Denzel. We're all quite happy. Now... We're we are speaking in in the midst of probably one of the greatest crises that publishing, not just publishing, but that but humanity has faced for a very long time, right across the globe, and that is the COVID nineteen coronavirus. Um, first of all, the publishing industry has been been hit by a number of of jolts over the last few years. Uh, things that you perhaps didn't envisage when you began, Hugh, even though it was relatively recently, 25, 26 years ago, yeah. uh, you've had to adapt to Kindle or, or e-books in general. Um, Amazon, the, the behemoth that's arrived and, and changed the publishing industry forever, I would imagine. Uh, and now you have the likes of audiobooks coming to the fore. What difference has that made to you as a, as a publisher? Yeah. <laughs> 
and people haven't really realised, I think, the potential that is now offered to them um, in, yeah. in, the, in the world of the written work. There's actually, um, in the States, I know that, I don't know about British publishing, but there are interactive books whereby a story is published and uh, readers intimate to the, the publisher, whether it be self-published or whatever, how, you know, they, a number of options, how they'd like the book to proceed, and that the author acts upon that. Is that is that something yep. you think about? That's uh, been happening, actually. I mean, uh, one of our uh, authors who used to, literally used to rewrite his books according to the comments um, that he got from his e-readers. He was very good at uh, keeping in touch with them and blog lines and so on, and they would critique him and he would, he would just rewrite. Um, and uh, it poses all sorts of questions for, uh, you know, a literary scholar in future years, because what on earth is the book? Because yeah. what is the original book? Um, you know, it's a house that's been reprinted many times. Um, so anyway, that's not something I, that's for somebody in the future to worry about, not me. Well, as you know, I, I, I am constantly in tune with my critics and <laughs> pay them great heed, as you know. Uh, <laughs> and, and yes. Uh, now, we, we touched on the COVID-19 um, problem and the virus, the pandemic. This must have caused you a problem, certainly in terms of print sales. How are things as we speak now on the 8th of April 2020? Well, um, the problem, um, a, 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 UK, sorry, a UK corporate publisher said in The Guardian that sales were running at roughly 20% of what they would expect. I think that's probably about right. Um, Amazon stopped ordering when the crisis began. It's only just started again. And you look at the sales stats and uh, our routes to market are hugely restricted. So sales have crashed. Um, we put most of our publishing schedule on holds. We're just keeping key books coming through. Um, we've had to cut our team. Um, yeah. We don't know what will happen when we come out of this. Uh, we're going to be uh, a much poorer country, at least for a period. Um, I'm reasonably sanguine that books will, um, they don't boom and they don't bust. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I, I think we'll still have a, a steady demand. I just don't know. I mean, all you can do is um, try and plan ahead and use the time and space to, to actually put positive things for the future in, in place. So get your 2021 schedule sorted out um, start designing covers for that, get the advanced information material put together. So that's what we're trying to do. For, um, for those of us that have books coming out in this year, I mean, I know my uh, Jeremiah's Bell, the eighth uh, book in the Daily Series is coming out in June. Uh, how do you envisage that will impact on, on I'm not just meaning me in particular, but, but across the board? I, I think that um, what you will find is we still don't know how the market will kind of normalise uh, in this period. And remember, the 8th of June is quite some time away. We quite, we very probably will be out of lockdown by the 8th of June, even if not fully. But, the, you know, the, the chances are that we will be um, in a situation with limited shop opening and so on. So that might be, uh, that publication date might be quite well placed mm. when a group of people emerge blinking into the light looking for something. To do, yes, that, like, like newly born foals. Uh, newly born, yes. I yes. mean, a lot of publishers have been um, uh, citing their, their schedules for precisely these reasons. I mean, uh, much of the 2020 publishing schedule, I think, 
will now move into 2021. Um, what people see for the, um, the, 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 the possibilities and opportunities are. Um, so we, we just don't know, Denzel. I mean, we just do what we can. And I mean, one of the great things about your books is, um, of course, they sell very well when they first come out. But unlike many fiction writers, the backlist, they keep on selling. The backlist keeps on trucking. So um, I anticipate, you know, uh, maybe the sale will be a bit down on launch. I don't know. But um, it'll, I, I think it'll, you have a fan base that will, will want the book and will keep on picking it up. So um, hopefully we'll be fine. And that was well worth that bottle of 25-year-old Springbank to send you for your birthday. <laughs> and now now you're, you're trying all sorts of innovative ways to get round this problem as a publisher. I know yep. you've, you've started selling box sets at, at a reduced rate of books that will help people to get through this time when, let's be honest, everyone but writers has a lot of extra time in their hands. Um, how did that How did that idea develop? Well, it's just uh, a very creative marketing team and they just decided that was uh, would be quite a, a nice thing to do as it is um, for the, um, the virus that's been quite successful. Um, and it's just tailoring the boxes um, um, to the particular um, cricket. I mean, it's a nice thing to get as a gift, um, and um, it's done. It's done. It's done well. We've also done Twitter launches. That's been quite successful, though it's um, uh, difficult to set up. So there'll be lots of positives that come out of this. In people thinking that the way we've done things before can change and can change beneficially. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty disappointed. I must say because I intended to launch my new book by bunging off the town hall in Campbelltown and like picking picking up a book and handing it to somebody before I shot back up again. Do, do, do you think that's probably off the off the agenda now? I think that may be down to um, the social distancing. Um, I think you'd probably get quite a lot of social distancing in Campbelltown if they saw you um, punching off the top of the town hall, Denzel. But, I, I, I think um, you might get quite a crowd. <laughs> I think, social distancing about 20 miles an hour as they head across the road from that one. Um, I, I think if I was but, to jump off the town hall, uh, Hugh, there might be quite a crowd just there, just to well, make sure. They're kind of watching from a distance, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't want uh, to get splattered with the mess, Denzel, I don't think, when you hit the bottom. Uh, well, I think, I think many of them might think that was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's a difficult time. You... As, as well as many other things, are a bookshop owner in your own right. Um, an independent bookshop owner, though you have, I think, two or three bookshops, is that correct? Two shops. Do, do you feel there will be casualties, uh, uh, of especially in the independents and even the, the bigger chains? How will this affect the likes of Watsons, WH Smiths, uh, Blackwells, etc.? I'm going to take a punt here. I think they won't be. I think they will actually benefit because I think what people will react away from is mass tourism, mass shopping. Um, I think the city centre high streets will become quite problematic places. They already are. You can see the um, mm. uh, uh, what's, uh, what's happening. Um, I think that people will feel uncomfortable in places like Edinburgh in the tourist season where it's just a seething mass of people. I think when people um, are shopping that they will strip out anything they don't really need. So if you're producing high quality books or product or whatever it is, then 
then that's that's fine. That's something people really want and value. But I think ephemeral things uh, pick me up. Uh, all the kind of um, that you see around. <coughs> I expect that will be cut out of people's um, shopping agenda. Um, I think people will want a sense of connectedness and they'll want uh, an individual interaction with the best will in the world. You don't get that with Amazon. Uh, it's an electronic system and it's algorithms, so they'll want to talk to people. Uh, so I think actually smaller shops and uh, what you might call boutiques, as it were, uh, mm. may well come out of this quite um, well. And people are really going to value just talking to other people and um, contact. I mean, that's now what we're into two and a half weeks. Yeah. Another, at least another six weeks to go now. Um, it's just extraordinary. I've never. And you're used to being out on the road because you, as well as doing all this work you do as the managing director of a, a, a large publishing house, you also go out on the road and, and represent books to smaller bookshops yourself. I really enjoy it, and I, I, I just do Arc Island, um, Arc Island Islands, and Ardmore and Optimalig, and I love doing it. And uh, you get it's beautiful scenery, and you get um, you meet people who really are interested and are care and are passionate, and are really nice people. And um, it's fascinating also watching at the coal face, watching how markets change, how people, yeah. you know, something one year that's very popular, and you just watch it. Um, It is. There must, there must be. I mean, I remember speaking to you in the beginning of this odyssey that we have with the daily books, uh, and you know, not, neither of us could be sure that they would take off, even though they, and their first incarnation, or whiskey from small glasses, first incarnation, it had a, a reasonable uplift on Kindle, which is really the only market it was in, um, and it's been very interesting for me to. As a, as a person from the, a business background, to see how that has all worked out. Um, so you've no idea when a book first appears what, what's going to happen. You usually have a rough sense, and that's just something you learn. People say, "How do I know a book's going to sell?" And as if there's some kind of formula, you know, I go and look it up in the in the the, the grand encyclopedia of how books sell. Um, it's just a feel you get, and sometimes you're wrong. But um, uh, usually, if you've got enough cumulus of sales experience, you know. And, um, you know, I, when I first read Whiskey, I knew it worked, not just because of the cracking plot and the, um, you know, the characters and so on, but because it felt authentic, it felt absolutely right. And uh, I also knew at the time, everyone writing crime that tended to be set in Glasgow or Edinburgh, mm. no disrespect, but, you know, you were just uh, basically, particularly in Glasgow, every street was piled high with steaming corpses. Yeah. And um, suddenly here was uh, somebody writing about something in, uh, in Argyll, and it wasn't just transplanting the story. The, the, the place is integral to the happenings in it, um, and the people in it, 
and um, so it was like a breath of fresh air. And um, you just, I just knew like, immediately that this was something. This was, you know, uh, yeah, the author of this book had got it, as it were. Um, My um, goodness, I, I don't know what to do with myself now. I'm, I'm quite overcome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know about other writers, but I've always tried to have each daily novel come from a slightly different perspective. And we've had a touch of horror, we've had a touch of gangster novels, we've had a touch of, of you know, a bit of history and all the rest of it. So I think it's trying to keep, a, especially a series, fresh. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, and, you're quite right, and I think you're absolutely right to do that. And, um, of course, there are still so many other avenues to... to uh, Yeah, I think, I mean, the last thing I want to do is for it to become um, a Scottish version of uh, Midsummer Murders, uh, where just about everybody's lying dead or is a murderer. Uh, I mean, I, and I do get questions about it sometimes and people saying, well, I mean, I would love to go to Campbellton on holiday, but it seems very dangerous. And I say, well, it's not that, you know, that's why I called it Kinloch. There's a great difference between the real Campbellton and the, the Kinloch of my fiction. Uh Publish, you're one of the few publishing houses that still accept unsolicited manuscripts. Is that right, Hugh? Uh, we, we do, with some uh, caution, yes. Uh, um, I, I do prefer a gentle introduction and um, uh, uh, before somebody whacks something through the door. And the last thing, the thing that always causes my heart to sink is the postman staggering in with a large box of somebody's magnum opus. Um, I mean, <laughs> must see trends move and, and morph as you go along. What's hot just now? Um, the trends just now, I mean, and this is a very glib um, phrase and I think it is um, not totally accurate, but there is a very genuine and I think it's a very good trend towards uh, nature writing. And I don't mean in the Robert, well, Robert McFarlane Really, really high 
quality. And you know, there's always things um, in publishing. There's those. Uh, there used to be um, what were they called? Misery memoirs, of course. Then there was Gypsy books. Then there was um, there was tr uh, True Crime. Um, it was John Blake Publishing, specialised in, in um, the true crime books yeah. um, and hard men books. And but this is different, and this is actually something really good because. Um, Yes. You that, that Joanna Bassford um, worked with really, um, and has made very large sums of money out of. Yeah, my my, my wife's a, a great aficionado of colouring books. She she loves them and she finds them very restful and, and therapeutic. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, so so there things like this happening and happening all the time, and um, equally some things, traditional things, uh, have have dropped back, and um, so you know there were certain books and historical books in Scotland, um, that's been a bit of an area that's perhaps struggled with it in recent years, I can't put my finger on why, um, uh, so you know, the market changes all, all the time. Uh, yeah, and it fluctuates. Now I'm going to do something now that, that, you've, that nobody will expect, and that is I'm going to pitch a book to you live here on Spooks. <laughs> are, are you ready? Good. I'm ready. I'm sitting comfortably. So, I'm strapped in. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were strapped in, but that's all the better. Right. The, the, here's one for you. I have an idea for Hamish's cookbook. Uh -huh. Now, this is, a, this is a book whereby I shall work with a, a well-known um, uh, chef, and we shall come up with Hamish's 20 favourite fish recipes. Uh, and it'll be illustrated with a wee bit from Hamish about each, about each recipe and how he came came about it. Instant reaction, please. <clears throat> well, I mean, this is one of the things, of course. Um, uh, we did Mara Motsby's cookbook at, uh, at, uh, at one time, and you, um, you know, as a series builds, you can spin things off it. So, yeah, I mean, it was something to look at, something that we could. Um, Oh, yes. Which is such a great character. Um, uh, you, you know, that, that, that may well be mileage in that, then. Good man. Well, I'll pass that on to my agent immediately. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, when you're sitting relaxing in Berlin Towers <clears throat> in your extensive house, um, what, what do you like to read best yourself, you? I tend to read um, uh, history. Uh, <clears throat> Mine too. And, uh, so um, I do read. I mean, I do read. I do read some fiction, and I do read. Um, I do read. If, 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 it, if it 
takes my fancy, I'll pick it up and try to read a popular science book on quantum physics. I try and do, at the moment, so I try and do this, read something about quantum physics every couple of years just to hurt my brain a bit. I don't understand it, but, um, um, you know, each time I desperately try and understand it and uh, fail miserably, but uh, it, it keeps the brain exercised. Well, when, you start, when you start talking about space-time and multiverses and string theory, I'll start to worry. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as you've said, you, you at Berlin Polygon or Berlin are doing so much to try and mitigate um, and keep people entertained, no less. And you have a short story co-written by my co-host, who's not here today with us because he's busy on other podcasts. We're doing as many podcasts as we can here in Spooks to try and keep people entertained. Um, and he has a story co-written with Morgan Cry, which you're going to publish in uh, serial form on in your newsletter, is that right? That's right, yes. Um, I'm not quite sure what Jan's got planned, but I look forward to seeing it. Yes, and I know that Douglas and, and Morgan are very excited about it indeed. What, what books have you got coming out at the moment, Hugh, you'd like to draw our listeners' attention to? Well, we've just published um, Patrick Laurie Native, which is set on a farm in Galloway, uh, which is one of the finest books I've ever published. And um, fortunately, I'm not the only person who thinks so, um, uh, which is a, a meditation on farming, uh, Galloway, rural life, um, quite beautifully written through a year, um, and which the farmer Patrick integrates himself into the life of the farm. He's not just observing it, he's part of that cycle and, and rhythm of nature. Mm. That's a, a marvellous, um, that's absolutely marvellous book. Uh, we're also just, I've um, been waiting for the post The post has become very, very erratic around here. We're oh, yes. publishing a book called The Unremembered Places um, by Patrick Baker, um, which is about the forgotten places <clears> of Scotland, the graveyard at Loch Leven, where the Irish navvies were just thrown in and buried. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Slate Islands, um, and many others uh, as well. So, And uh, that's a very moving book. Um, and then uh, another thing we've just published, it got caught completely in the uh, lockdown, but I'm very proud of it. A beautiful um, My Scottish Activity book for children. Uh, there really isn't a, a, a top class activity book in the market for children in Scotland. And as I say, as we published it and prepared to announce it to an eager world, a virus arrived at the same time. So hopefully that will um, pick up once the, the whole thing is over. Mm -hmm. But we're still doing a couple of books a month. We obviously smashed our schedules, but we're still doing a couple of books and uh, uh, trying to work with the market as it is. Uh, yeah, just a, 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 a final question. Now, you, you alluded to the fact that you're a Paisley man. Yep. Uh, how fed up are you that I'm in the Wikipedia page of notable people in Paisley and you're not? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I remember from that. I, well, do you remember? I left Paisley in a cloud of shame when the Hatchard's uh, bookshop shut. Um, I did a piece for the local paper, which uh, I had titled rather um, pompously The Town That Lay Down to Die, which was about how just people just went up to Glasgow to shop and how they'd let their town down and why uh, you know, a lovely bookshop had shut. And uh, Paisley Daily Express clearly felt that that was about not the headline for the readers. So what I got was um, Hatcher's ex-boss blasts buddies was the headline. 
badly. And, um, <laughs> uh, so I got quite a bit of hate mail after that. No, I still stand by it. When you look at Paisley High Street and uh, these days, I still stand by um, the, what happened. In fact, what happened to Paisley in the 80s and 90s and even before that was an early warning system for what was going to happen to high streets around, yeah. um, around Scotland and around Britain. Who thought the piazza would close? Has it not? Oh no, maybe I've made a huge mistake. I mean, <laughs> well, the piazza should not just have closed; it should have been blown up, and that's what everyone. Uh, there, there is no redemption of the, the piazza. I'm afraid. Well, of course, the, uh, pa- the Paisley Daily Express get blown up once as well. <laughs> it was sometimes difficult to know the before and after with explosions in Paisley because there wasn't actually. A, an awful lot of change but, but I mean you know there's signs of life in the town they've even got a wee, I've got a book festival now and you know if they could just get some shops back and uh, just get a bit of sense of uh, vibrancy in the town centre Paisley is actually an amazing place it's um, it should be actually firmly on the tourist map and it's very sad that it's not um, and it's got amazing churches Victorian churches and the Abbey of course um, it's got a very good museum and I'm delighted to see the museum's getting a major uh, makeover and rebuild, so hopefully we'll see the town on an upward curve again. Is that is that was that is that your taxi? <laughs> is that, is that your taxi there? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'm sorry. laughs> it was the police. Um, no, I, I left Paisley in a cloud of smoke myself, but for very different reasons. Now, uh, Hugh, I would like to thank you very much for coming on Spooks today. Um, you've, I think you've told us lots about. I think reassured some writers who need a bit of reassurance during this this difficult period that there is a, a an after there is there is a, there is something at the at the end of the tunnel after this terrible virus and I'm sure you wish along with me everyone who's involved in this and especially those who are ill every every um, best wish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hugh Andrew of Berlin Books, thank you very much. That's Books. Thank you, Hugh. That's Books.